the podcast. I hope you guys are doing well when you're listening. I obviously am back here to do a life advice episode. I ask if you guys ever want any advice on anything you're going through. It could be about any topic. And I wanted to say that I always preface with this, but sometimes I will get messages and I just want to clarify that I do not think I know everything when it comes to giving life advice. I only do these episodes because I honestly get a lot of DMs just like asking about people's specific circumstances, whether it be about they're going through a breakup, they're just looking for some help, maybe they want to get into social media, they're looking for advice. Quite difficult to get back to everyone individually and so I think that these episodes are a great opportunity to kind of share on topics that maybe a bunch of people are wondering about and so that is what today's episode is. I actually haven't looked at these submissions yet but I did have quite a few of them so I'm excited to get into them. I know last week I also missed last week upload. I am so sorry about that. Like always, I try to get these up every single Monday, but life has been really hectic. If you have been following me on YouTube and Instagram, you know that we have just been in the process of moving and today is actually our first full day in our new place. And so that is why I'm just sitting down. I'm recording this. It's seven o'clock the Sunday before this is going up. And so my life has just been so hectic lately in a really great way. I'm really thankful. There's been a lot of just really great things in my life and things that I'm really thankful for. And for that, I... I just feel very blessed. But with that being said, it's been very crazy. And so I figured I would kind of share a little update on the moving process and everything. And just because I'm posting a vlog on Tuesdays, if you're listening to this episode right when it goes up, it's going up on a Monday. And my vlog kind of explaining everything will go up tomorrow. So if you want to watch that, I'll have like the MZ apartment tour and everything. And I haven't even been trying to like draw this out to be like, ooh, where is she moving? Like, (laughs) is she moving into a house? Is she moving into an apartment? It just took so long to solidify in terms of getting the keys and everything. We got keys literally the day we moved and we didn't even know we were moving this soon. We wanted to move at the end of June. I guess I'll explain the situation. So if you've been watching the vlogs or anything, I've talked about it here too, but we have been in the process of wanting to move for a while now and we really wanted to buy a house. But if you guys have seen the market and everything, it has been crazy over the past few years and prices are really high and I don't necessarily think prices are going to come down but I that the demand for homes somewhat goes down when it comes to like interest rates going up obviously it's gonna be more expensive to buy but we have been saving for a house for a long time and I feel like we have been really diligent in saving for this down payment and I want to put this down payment on a house that we not necessarily 100% love like we're actually really down to renovate that's why we wanted to rent another year in case we buy a house later on and we want to change some things we can be able to stay in our apartment too at the same time if that's a possibility or building. We didn't want to rush buying a house because I feel like we've done all the right things in terms of saving and obviously everyone thinks that prices are really expensive but we just wanted to make sure that we're buying a home that felt like a good first home purchase because we've never bought a home before. It's a huge financial thing. We didn't want to rush it and so we decided to wait a year and in the meantime originally we were thinking of trying to get just a bigger apartment, maybe a two-bedroom, something like a townhome to have a backyard for cash but coincidentally the rental market is also really crazy right now because Everything in life right now is really expensive. Just prices are really high. And when we were looking at townhomes and apartments, basically in Dallas, if we wanted to stay in Dallas, you really can't get a two-bedroom townhome at least or something with a backyard for under $3,500 a month, which we just did not want to rent for that much. Like that just did not make sense to us. 
for like us personally, I just wouldn't want to spend that much. I think everyone's different, but prices were just really high. And even for two bedrooms, we had looked at some two bedrooms in our building with like one bedroom, one studies, and they still were just really expensive. One of the things about our current place that we're in, there isn't a door on the bedroom, which isn't a huge deal. It's not a giant thing. But when people stay with us, it is kind of weird if they're sleeping on our couch or something. You just feel very exposed. I don't know how to explain it. It's not a big deal. It's really not the end of the world. I love our old apartment. It's beautiful. But that was something that we had always kind of wanted to change. We also like the idea of having a unit with a balcony too. And honestly, just having a new space to kind of switch things up. And so we toured this one bedroom unit that's on a higher floor. It's a really beautiful unit. It looks smaller than our old place, but I will say that our old place was very deceiving because the living room was huge. It was like a loft setup. And so the living room was really large. But when it came to our bedroom, the reason why I never really recorded in there was it was a very tiny bedroom. I mean, still a bedroom nonetheless, but it was quite small. And so I never really recorded in there too much, but this place is actually the same square footage. It's just laid out a little bit different, has a separate shower. So there's just a few things that are kind of nice. And because we decided just to move within our building, we figured it was worth it. Even if we're just here for a year, my beautiful, amazing angel family helped us move. And my brothers and my brother-in-laws and Aiden, my dad, they all moved everything up. My mom came. She deep cleaned our old apartment, made us lunch. It was just a dream day. I'm so thankful for my family. I don't know what we would have done without them because we didn't have movers and I've never moved without movers. And so they made it happen. We have quite a bit to unpack. So I'm excited for the vlogs and everything for that. But it just feels good being in a new space for a year. I will say that I think if I wasn't doing YouTube, I probably wouldn't have made a move like this because it is partly nice to have a refresh space to be able to film content and just have more to work with in terms of being able to like decorate a balcony and just having more spots to record because I don't have a studio or something. It is a part of my job. And so I do look at it through the lens of that as well. I think if I was like going to a nine to five and I wasn't home all the time recording my life in my apartment, I probably would have stayed. That being said, we really, really enjoy this place. It's so nice. We've met a lot of our neighbors too, and they're really friendly and I'm really happy that we didn't end up moving to a whole nother building because I think that that would have just been chaos and having to get used to a new space and having to get used to walking cash in a new area, all that stuff. I feel like it would have been a little bit tricky. And so I feel good. I feel good at this place. I'm glad we didn't buy a house yet. I mean, I don't really know if we're making the right move, but I obviously am just praying and I didn't feel peace. We both didn't feel peace about buying right now. That was another thing and very much believe in like praying and each step that we make in our life is God ordained and is something that he has put the pieces together for. And then sometimes it's hard to kind of see if that's exactly what he wants, but just through prayer and feeling any sort of anxiety about the decisions we were making, I would just be honest about that. And this was just a very seamless move and something that made sense. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really don't have a low for the week though. I feel like life has been very busy, obviously, but really good. I feel really, I feel very happy that everything has worked out this week. I'm just really excited to be home for the next bit. And I really do love like putting together a home and all that. It's something that I really enjoy. So it's fun having a refresh space and just having a new space to be creative in. That's another thing with doing YouTube. It does feel good having a new space to be able to like feel inspired in and everything. And yeah, I've been just feeling really good about it. Cash is really loving the place. He's getting used to it. He likes the balcony, which is nice, even though 
I'm excited to have like a housewarming party here with all of our friends and family. So all good things. But that is pretty much everything for my life update. I really don't have a low. So I'm just going to go ahead and get right into the life advice. I love this one. It says, I've been struggling with imposter syndrome, or at least that's the only thing I can relate it to. I've worked so hard on my business the past year, and I have reinvested almost everything I've made back into the business. I think I need to start delegating more, working less, and finally start taking a paycheck. But I'm feeling like if I do that, people slash my employees will view me as lazy. Also, my following has been growing steadily this past year and I'm nervous to post now or show up on my stories because I don't want to get judged by the new followers. All in all, I feel like burnout is on the horizon if something doesn't change. Have you ever gone through anything like this before or do you have any tips on how to conquer imposter syndrome or shut off the little voice inside your head? This is a great one. I definitely deal with this a lot and this is actually something I'm going through right now because I've touched on this on a YouTube video on one of like my reset ones that I did about I mean obviously I missed last week's podcast episode and I have been talking about wanting to hire someone to help me with my podcast for so long and it's something that I really want to do but just the thought of like hiring someone I mean you're ahead of me in this having someone to help you with things and that you're physically paying who's on your payroll these are all things that sound really exciting but also really scary to me so it's something that I've put off but at the same time it's like obviously things are slipping right now and I think it's hard for me and my brain to focus on so many different things at once and so having someone to help would be awesome. There's also that nagging voice in your head that's like, what if it doesn't work out? What if they aren't a good fit? What if I would obviously want to pay someone really well too. And it's like, what if you just like couldn't afford to do that? There are just a lot of different things that go into it. And it's something that I've been thinking about and honestly praying a lot about too, just to have peace with that. But I think something that's helped me specifically with going through imposter syndrome is just focusing on the daily stuff that I have to do each day. This could also be a pitfall for me. It can be a pitfall, but I think especially when you talk about being nervous about being judged by your followers on Instagram and like, what if they think I'm weird or whatever? I think that there's just so much fear that comes into it because it's thinking about the long-term effects of, oh, I'm going to lose all these followers if they judge me or something. Like, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, you get one DM that's like, you are strange. And even, I mean, I get those messages all the time. And it's sad to say this, but you do get used to it and you get less like defensive and things start to sting less. And I think the more that you show up and are yourself on your stories, the more you'll start keeping around the people that really vibe with you and who enjoy you and enjoy your business content, whatever you're posting on your Instagram. But I think you have to start with doing that initially. I think sometimes people get into trouble when they try to be something that they're not. And then they're like, wait, I actually want to post stuff that I really enjoy. And maybe you've built this whole follower base who isn't into that. And so if it's just you being quirky and you're afraid of people judging you, like it just does not matter. I think you just have to post it. And if someone says anything, let it roll off of you. You get used to it in the long run. And I also know who submitted this to. So I know her personally and I know that she's a very hard worker and is very committed to her business. And I think you just have to be honest. And your employees, I'm sure are so proud of you and proud of the business that you've put together and built from the ground up and they should have your best interests at heart. And I can't even believe you're saying that you haven't been taking a paycheck, like definitely just start. You can't pour from an empty cup. That's such a cliche phrase to say, but it's really true. And I think for me, sometimes I get caught up in being really invested in what I'm doing and work because I really love to work. I have always been like that. I've always loved 
like working really hard in school, getting good grades. It's my personality type. I get a lot of fulfillment out of working. And sometimes it is easy for me to kind of forgo other things, be it friendships, be it investing in other people and being present in my marriage. And like, honestly, when Aiden's struggling with something, I am distracted because I'm just thinking about everything that's on my plate and all the things that I want to get done. And I'm like, wait, I will feel more fulfilled by finishing this video as opposed to like sitting down with him and like hearing where he's at with everything in his life. And that's just not great. And you can only be present for the things in life that you need to be present in if you are delegating those tasks. So I would encourage you to do it, but I know it's hard and I definitely deal with that personally. This one is a little longer, but she says, I cannot wait to marry my best friend since high school and partner of over three years. We are getting married in the fall and choosing to only have a courthouse wedding. Neither of us want a wedding for several reasons, the financial cost, a complicated family situation, and to avoid a huge spectacle to entertain others. Weddings are lovely and fun. They're just not for us. However, we wanted to have a small engagement party, like 30 people or less, to include our close friends and immediate family in an informal celebration. Talking with my fiance the other day, I'm now feeling unsure of this plan. My fiance's family has always been kind and supportive, but he had a rough childhood and has a relatively rocky relationship with most of his family. He worries about being disappointed by them due to past negative experiences. For example, one of his closest one of his closest relatives missed his college graduation and he was devastated. When he asked him about who to invite, he said he worries that if he invited certain people and they chose not to make any time to come, the small get-together will lead to more disappointment than joy. I've tried to have conversations with him about not setting expectations, but that's easier said than done. I feel like it's normal to anticipate your parents and close relatives to come and be let down when they never make it to any big event. I'm now wondering if we should not have any celebration or the best way to proceed with it being with being able to set realistic expectations with difficult family members. Any advice or general insight would be greatly appreciated. I definitely relate to this one because we had quite a few people who weren't able to make it to our wedding for obvious reasons and that was something that I did not have any hard feelings about because obviously I totally understood. But I get when you have this visual expectation of having all these people, especially your family being there and just surrounding you with love and being present for you, that seems like something that anyone would want. But the thing I will say after having a wedding where it was very mismatched, the people who came, it was very random, but it was so good. It was all these people that I just truly loved so much. And I was so thankful that they were there that I wasn't even thinking about, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I wasn't thinking about the people who weren't there. It just wasn't a big deal. And even leading up to the wedding, it didn't stress me out about that because I was just for one thankful to have our wedding and to be able to do it. But secondly, it just felt good knowing that I was going to have some people there. And I think it's hard because it's your fiance. It's not you. So you can't exactly just change his thoughts like you mentioned. And it's so much easier said than done. And I don't have that same family situation. So I can't even really speak to that because I would probably be devastated too if like my parents weren't thinking of coming too. But I think all you can do is focus on the people who are going to be there. And again, just focus on your marriage. Like that is the thing that matters. Doesn't matter if you have absolutely everyone there. I think a lot of times with weddings, comparison plays into this. And maybe not for you guys because you're having a courthouse wedding. You don't even want this big wedding, but it can be easy to think, oh, this is the norm. This is what everyone else has. They are surrounded by all these people that love them. But 
at the end of the day, it's about your marriage and you guys starting your life together. And that's the beautiful thing. And I think you just have to focus on that and focus on the people that you love who are there. But again, I know that's easier said than done. If anything, I can just share from my own experience that I have no regrets with how we did ours. And this one says, my fiance and I are getting married and moving in together in a month. I would love some advice on how to learn to live together. We both have full-time jobs, and as much as I would love to be a full-on wife, like cooking clean for him, I find it hard trying to wrap my mind around doing all of that plus working full-time. Is there any advice you can give me on how you and Aiden work out splitting the house chores or how you tend to your home while also having a demanding job? This is another great question. I feel like I may have touched on this here and there, but I think that people might watch my videos and see me as incredibly domestic and also the one who does absolutely everything around our house which I will say the reason why I do a lot of the stuff around our house is because I personally really enjoy it a b it is a part of my like content when it comes to cleaning and decorating and cooking these are all things I really enjoy but it also is partly my job so it's easier for me to be the one doing it it was never something that he expected me to he has never once cared about any of the stuff. He appreciates it, but it's not an expectation. And I would say we also like eat out more than other people may because we do both work. But I think you just, like you mentioned, have to accept that you are working. You are not a full-time stay-at-home wife, whatever it may be. And you just have to figure out what works for you. I think, again, it's easy to compare ourselves to other people and say, oh, this is the ideal version of what it looks like to be a good wife or to be a good husband. But your relationship is so different. Your relationship is different than your parents or your husband's parents, whatever it may be. You have to figure it out for yourself. And again, especially when you're working full time, I work from home. I film my life. I go to Trader Joe's in the middle of the afternoon and clean in the middle of the afternoon. I don't have like a strict nine to five. And I think things would be a lot, a lot different if I was working nine to five. I would not be doing nearly as much as I do, but because it is my job. And so that's like when I say that, I mean, I don't ever want people to compare themselves to me and like the things that I do because I always say this, but I do enjoy everything that I'm doing, but it is also my job too. So I think you just have to not compare yourself to other people. And I would totally recommend, I don't remember if you said that you're getting married or you are married. Okay. No, your fiance. So you're in engagement. I would totally recommend sitting down ahead of the wedding and just talking through things. This is something that's really great to do, whether it be for premarital counseling or something, just it sounds really stupid, but like who do you expect to take out the trash? Who do you expect to cook most of the meals? And you can each do these things too, but I think it's helpful to kind of have a plan and then also just to pick up slack where it needs to be do things for the other person. Like I am typically the one who unloads our dishwasher, but sometimes every now and then Aiden will do it for me. And it's just nice to kind of have that done too. So you just kind of do things for the other person and you figure it out. And I think you just have to break down this idea of this is what it means to be like a great wife because everyone's in a different situation. I think we live in a very different like economic time too. I just don't think you can expect yourself to make these you know, beautiful meals every single night and have this super tidy home. Like our home is not always perfectly clean. Everything's not perfectly organized, but I also do work just the same as Aiden. And so I don't put any kind of pressure on myself. I think we've both been in really busy work seasons. Aiden has been going through like a job change too. And so his 
stuff has been really hectic. And then likewise, my stuff has been pretty hectic lately too, just trying to figure things out. And so life comes in seasons and you just got to take it for what it is. You know, sometimes it's busier, sometimes it's slower, but you will definitely figure it out. This says, I got married this past October and then I moved to DC since my husband's in the military. It's only a two hour drive away from my hometown, thankfully, so I see my family pretty often as we're all close. Prior to this, I always lived with my parents for 22 years as I commuted to school and I couldn't afford to move out post-grad. Since I never lived with my roommates or even myself, I think it made and continues to make my transition to this new life really pretty difficult. I could literally ask so many questions relating to transitioning from a daughter to a wife, but I'll try to keep it short and try my hardest to make it short. For some background, I have tended to follow my parents' life path and reflection to faith and Christianity, and I make life choices that they are proud of, comparatively more so than my siblings have. Because of this, I feel I have an immense pressure to always satisfy their expectations and not make them upset or disappointed. I recently realized I may hold specifically my mother's opinion higher than I hold God's calling on my life. After a clear answer to prayer that actually caused me to go to the ER— I am making the decision to get off birth control. I love my mom so much, but she can tend to be extremely opinionated. When I brought this decision up to her right away, she made it clear that she thought it wasn't a good idea because of the chance of pregnancy. It was a really sad feeling because I was excited about this decision I'm making and my best friend being disappointed and not excited for me in the least. I understand that she knows my husband and I aren't planning on having babies anytime soon, so I do think she's just worried in that sense for me. Have you ever struggled with making a life decision for your family and not having the support you wanted from your parents? How do you handle the honor your father and mother all the while having your own family and household to look after? This is a good question. I'm sorry that you've had that experience. Honestly, with this situation like personally just from the outside I obviously don't know the situation I think your mom's probably just maybe caught off guard I think she's maybe just warming up to that idea and at the end of the day it is your decision with that like that's your decision to go off but I do think you have to give your mom the benefit of the doubt that she is maybe just caught off guard and obviously when you hear that your daughter's going off birth control it's like oh wait you can get pregnant and that's a big life change and it is difficult though I mean I am someone who like really values the opinions of my parents I've always been the child who like listens to my parents and likes to have their you know approval on things and I'm very much a rule follower like I look up to authority I really trust authority that's kind of how my personality is I think that has changed a little bit over the past And so I've always been like that, especially with my parents. And I also think my parents have just really lived by example too. And so I look up to them. I look up to their marriage. My parents have been married for a long time. And I just saw them with their walk with Christ and just being really strong in their faith. And that's something that I've always wanted. And so I look up to them. But I mean, this is stuff that my dad said. My dad was actually the one who married me and Aiden. But when you get married, like you are forming your own family. It's obviously you're taking in a lot of those values that you probably learned from your parents if you had a good situation if you had a bad I mean everyone is different but if you had a bad situation maybe you know you're taking in things you don't want to do it is your family now and you have the freedom to make those choices I mean especially from a Christian perspective I'm sharing this because you said you're Christian but leaving and cleaving and you know becoming your own family is really good now I do think that it's okay to have input from your parents especially if you trust them and especially if they have your good especially if they have your interest at heart but if this is a decision you made with your husband you've prayed about and 
you feel like really on board about it, then I think all you can ask for is just support from your mom. And that doesn't mean she has to be, you know, crazy excited about it, though. At the same time, if she has her own opinions, I know that that can be really heartbreaking. But I do think you have to be careful with just knowing that you're still her daughter, too. And she's probably just thinking about changes that might come on the horizon. It's just funny because I think usually you hear the stereotype of parents being like excited about grandkids and wanting to like pressure you to start having kids and all that. So it's funny. It's kind of like the opposite situation, but I think you have to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's probably just caught off guard. It might just take some time to kind of warm up to, but also I think it's good that you told her too. That's something you could just keep a secret if you wanted to, like you didn't have to say that, but you did. And I think that's kind of a good sign there too but I'm sorry you're going through that it's really hard and I know it's tricky everyone's family situations are just so different this one says my husband and I have been living in a small one-bedroom apartment together since getting married and we have come to realize that it's just too small as much as we love our location and our complex it has become increasingly difficult to balance our needs within our small space especially with me working from home I am a homebody just like you and I have so much comfort and pride in creating a cozy environment that helps me relax I've been struggling a lot recently because even though our new apartment is bigger and will fit our needs better, I am sad to be living, leaving our first home together and nervous about the unknowns of our new home. Sorry, I cannot speak today. My mouth is so dry. I keep drinking water, but it just keeps getting so dry. As I've started packing this week, I've been wondering if we're making the right decision because even though it's not ideal, I'm very attached to our current space. It sounds like you might be feeling similar things with your move and I'm wondering if you have any advice for balancing the sentimental while also being thankful for new blessings. Oh, this is such a good question because I definitely relate to this a lot. I think especially when it's your first place you live together too, it's so easy to get so attached to it and I would say I don't think you're making the wrong decision. I think especially if this is something that you guys have thought about together and especially when it comes to just wanting more space, more space for the most part, I think is a good thing, especially if you're working from home and just wanting that. And yeah, I think that that's a good thing. I do think you can get really sentimental. It's funny, like the old saying of you all, you don't know what you have until it's gone. We were just talking about that, like all the little things that we kind of miss about our old place. And we just actually dropped off the keys today. We went back in there. I literally forgot. I thought I had packed up all my stuff and I went in there and I forgot all of my spices and all my cutting boards, which is so stupid. So we had to go back down and then we were getting all nostalgic again. And then it just feels so sad. And so, yeah, it is, it is hard. And I think saying goodbye is never easy. Aiden actually gets really attached to things, even more than me. I really do, but he's very nostalgic. I think when I went through my minimalist phase and I started learning that like, oh, you know, I don't have to get so physically attached to things and things don't always have to be the thing that brings me joy. So I got, you know, better at departing with things. And I think that that made this move a lot easier, just kind of going through that phase. But I think you're probably, for the most part, making the right decision. I think you just have to appreciate things for what they are and appreciate all the memories that you had in that place, but also recognize that you're going to make so many new memories in this new place. And every home, I think, is just kind of a symbol of a new phase of life, a new part of your journey, a new part that you're going to talk about one day, and you just have to appreciate that, but it doesn't make it any easier going through it. I think this one was a little bit easier for us too because we're staying in the same building, so it doesn't feel really that different because we still see mostly the same people. I think when we move into our first house, which will, you know, Lord willingly be a house the next place, 
I think that that one will be a lot different because it's kind of signifying ending this phase of being in an apartment and just kind of being like young and carefree and all that, not having all these giant financial responsibilities. And so, yeah, I think it's tough. I definitely relate. I don't really have advice for it because I'm going through it too, but I will say from my perspective, you're not alone. I think a lot of people go through this too. I got married in December of 2020 after dating my guy for six years. My husband is an angel and our marriage has been absolutely wonderful so far. We have both been super happy, but our intimacy is a little lackluster. We both waited until marriage for sex and only ever seriously dated each other. When we were teenagers, we were both all over each other, constantly having to set boundaries, always looking forward to sex within marriage. But now that we're married, it feels like things have changed in that area. When we have sex, it's great, but we don't do it super often and neither of us really think to initiate it much. I think my libido has been lowered significantly from using hormonal birth control and my husband has some insecurities that stop him from craving that intimacy like we used to. I feel very connected to him in tons of other ways and I think our relationship is very intimate just not in a sexy way. We truly love each other and we are each other's better half. I just feel like our culture emphasizes physical relationships so much and I almost feel guilty for not wanting this more with my husband. Do you have any advice for how to initiate more, ignite the spark again, or just find peace and validity with our sex sparse marriage? I really liked the way she worded this one because I think it was in a very respectful, this is obviously like such a personal thing to talk about, but the way she worded it, it's just very like respectful and like honest and yeah, I totally agree agree with this and I want to say that I do think like society and our culture I think the thing about like sex is it's so about self and just wanting to have pleasure individually and wanting things to satisfy you and I think that's a greater kind of arc for our world in general and I mean for things I deal with personally and like even just wanting a bigger apartment, wanting to have a house, wanting to have all these things. And it's like, everything is so much about what do I want? And I think that that translates over to sex too. Not that I think that that's what you're saying. I'm saying I th- I'm saying that because I think people talk about it a lot and it's just such a focus. But within marriage, like, yeah, it's part of it. But at least from my experience, I've only been married for almost two years at this point. But And I also waited too. So I think I kind of have a similar perspective on this. It's not everything. And I think that some people just feel intimacy in different ways. Like some people do really need this a lot. And I do think it is important part of marriage, but it's not everything. And I think if it's not like the one thing you enjoy the most in your marriage, like that is totally okay. And it's okay if you feel more intimate when you're like cuddling or when you're having deep conversations or anything like that. I do think when it comes to wanting to like, I think you specifically said spice things up or initiate more. I think you can like try to be more spontaneous. I think, you know, trying if you, it's something that you do at a certain time, every time, like switching up the time, maybe. I am trying to keep this kind of PG-13. I do try to keep my podcast more because I know I have viewers of all different listeners of all different ages, but I think just thinking of ways that you can be more creative with that kind of thing in terms of time frame or in terms of where, in terms of, I've talked about like, if you want to wear a certain thing, just switching it up. And I also think like communicating about it too, it can be something that maybe you're thinking about a lot and thinking, oh, he never wants this. Does that mean something about me? It doesn't sound like that's the situation here, but I think, I think a lot of times when we're not communicating confusion happens and that's when you make assumptions and then that's when resentment starts and if you just talk about it it can help and like 
talk about, you know, why he feels insecure. You mentioned he has insecurities that prevent him. Like, I think it can be really easy to slip into the pattern of feeling like roommates where you just kind of like go on your phones at night and watch your separate shows and then you just kind of roll over and go to bed. But maybe taking the time to like get in bed a little bit earlier and just talk about things and feel more in tune with the other person before that, I think that that can help a lot, at least for me and my perspective, like feeling really connected emotionally beforehand always makes the experience a lot better. And that is something that I have noticed and just being fun too. And like not taking things so seriously. I've said that too. And being carefree and like flirty and I don't know, just having fun with it. Again, trying to use PG-13, but, uh, but also just not compare yourself to other people too. I think sometimes it can feel easy to feel lackluster because it's you know something that you're comparing yourself to other people too it's so funny I'm going from a question like that to a question about puppies but I feel like that's just you know that's the content we have on here she says my husband and I got a labradoodle puppy a few months ago and she's now almost five months old the workload has definitely started to decrease and she's getting so much better at everything she's also 99% potty trained sleeps through the night and is super eager to continue learning and getting better I've started feeling a bit guilty, however, because I feel like there's some days when we can't give her as much attention. We always walk her twice a day and do a 15-minute training session, but there's days when we don't have time to play with her as much. I'm wondering how you navigate these feelings of guilt with cash on days that get very busy and you can't pay as much attention. How does he entertain himself? I also wonder how old was he when you could leave him at home uncrated while you ran errands. So this is a great question. And I definitely struggled with this, especially when he was around six months old because he had so much energy and he still has energy. But now he's a much more calm dog, especially when I guess I didn't know when I was gone, but he's very calm. He enjoys just like, you know, laying around and we do exercise him a lot because he is a golden retriever and they just require a lot of activity and I mean, I've never seen a dog that just truly wants to be your best friend all the time, be around you all the time and wants to be part of life. Like that dog follows us around everywhere and he smothers you when you're on the couch. He just loves people a lot. So it's easy to feel guilty when we leave. But I think just, I don't know, for me, I think for a while I thought of exercising cash as it had to be like a 30 minute walk. But I learned that he actually gets worn out easier and gets his energy out better when it's more so like fetching a ball when it's playing with the dog in the dog park which I know not everyone agrees with dog parks but when he's playing with other dogs when he is doing like a food puzzle or something ways where he's using his brain he gets tired more easily versus honestly when I just walk him in the morning that's more so just for him to go to the bathroom because he doesn't get a ton of energy out that way so we've been taking him to the dog park a lot more but if it's a busy day, I try to just wake up earlier and make sure I can get his energy out. But you can always think of doing like a doggy daycare situation. I know a lot of people do that. We've never done that, but that is definitely something or, you know, scheduling like a puppy play day or something like that. I just try to make sure there's like three main things we do throughout the day, whether that be a walk, dog park, whatever, especially because we're in an apartment building. You don't just like let him outside in our backyard. But you also asked how old was he when he, we left him out. That was, he was quite a bit older, I will say. So when we crate trained Cash, we would max leave him in the crate for a few hours at a time. And he honestly 
really doesn't mind his crate. I talked about this in a video, but we still tend to crate him when maintenance comes because we don't want him to get in their way. And like I said, he really loves people. And most of them really like dogs, but I obviously don't want him to smother someone who doesn't love dogs because that wouldn't be good. But he actually ran to his crate for the first time when he heard the doorbell. And I've never trained him to do that. I always wanted him to do that because I thought that that would be good to get him to like warm up to people before just greeting them automatically. But he did that. It was so sweet. So, and I know if you're just listening to this and crate training can sound cruel because you're putting your dog in a crate. There's a lot of like YouTube videos about it and how dogs are denning creatures. And obviously I'm not talking about leaving your dog in a crate while you're at work all day. Like that's not, that's not what I did. We would just crate him when we ran errands. But to answer your question after going off for a while, I think it was to the point where he was fully potty trained. And also when he wasn't tearing things up and that's when we started leaving him more but I think he was around like nine months old at that point maybe so he was definitely older um I don't know if that's older for some people but we waited a little bit just because I was really nervous about him like I would have scares about him eating something and then me not being there and him choking or I don't know it I would get so freaked out about that stuff so I would say nine months old but everyone's different. I know it's really hard. It's hard when you want to be a good dog parent too, and you just want them to live their best life. And sometimes it is really difficult when you also work too, but I hope that helped a little bit. Okay. This is the last one I'm going to answer, but this one says, I recently got married and I'm trying to learn to cook. I can make simple things like rice and gravy and spaghetti, but bigger, more complicated recipes intimidate me and I dread making them. I want to love cooking, but I don't really know where to start. Any advice, tips, recipe ideas? I don't want my husband to starve. This question is really funny. Okay, my mom always told me, and this is something that she always said, was that if you can read, you can cook. And I think a lot of people get into trouble with cooking when they just don't follow a recipe. And obviously, some recipes are more difficult. I will say, from my experience, start off with doing recipes that are very just basic and easy. Things that, even if it says takes 20 minutes to make, multiply that by two. Because typically for me... It always takes me twice as long as what recipes will say, especially like half-baked harvest. If it says 30 minutes, it's going to take me an hour. If it says an hour, it's going to take me two hours. So just don't be super ambitious at the start. And also just follow the recipe. Just follow everything. Measure everything. Do it exactly as it says. Don't try to kind of like throw in your own flair. You can do that later on. But I think when you're starting out, for the most part, just follow the recipe. And for the most part, it'll work out. There are obviously things that you have to figure out and things can get more complicated when it comes to like baking certain things. This is why baking, I'm not a huge baker because you have to be so precise and you have to know when things are done and you have to let things rise. And bread's been really good for me baking the sourdough because I've learned how to have more patience with everything. But when it comes to cooking, it is, I'd say, a little bit easier. So I would say start with that. I do have an Instagram highlight. It's just called Eats, and I've leaked all my favorite recipes. I think also having a day of the week, like this day we do Mexican food, this day we do Italian, sometimes that can help too because you can just have a plan. You don't have to like mix things up all the time. I think that that's a good plan too. And also just don't I think for me, I never felt pressure either because Aiden would eat a box of dirt. He does not care at all about, <laughs> like he likes it. He likes certain recipes better than others, but I've never felt like, oh, I need to make this perfect meal because he literally doesn't care. And I'm really thankful for that because 
I really don't think I could be with someone who was picky with food because I'm not really picky with food either. I like things to be fresh and tasty, but I'm not like fancy with food really. I like trying fancier stuff every now and then, but I don't really cook it that often. And so I think having an audience who is kind and supportive too. And hey, a plus if he wants to try every once in a while too, I think that that would be nice too. And so, yeah, you got to figure it out for yourself. I think just not putting pressure on yourself too and just realizing that you're going to mess up too. You're going to burn things sometimes. Some things don't turn out really great and that's just life. It's an experience. I also tried to kind of scale back on doing recipes that had a ton of ingredients when it came to produce because sometimes I would add up things and it would be so expensive to make this whole meal when you're cooking for one other person too. It's like, hey, it's actually cheaper to eat out than do all this. Now, I love cooking for the experience. I don't really care. Sometimes recipes that are really complex can just not be fun. And also giving yourself plenty of time. I think a lot of times when I feel rushed, when it's really late, I'm getting hangry, that's when I don't enjoy cooking. But when I start at say like 6, 6.30, we eat a little bit later because Aiden likes to work out at night. And I set my podcast on, I light a candle. Every now and then I will pour myself a glass of kombucha and I make it an experience. I really enjoy it. Also, another tip, sorry, this is my last one, but also pre-setting aside all of your ingredients. So if you have to do like half a cup of flour, half a cup of oil, setting everything out beforehand instead of mixing everything while you're also measuring, that makes the experience a lot better too sometimes for me. It's just having, there's a term for that. I forgot. It's like place on mise or something like that. I feel really stupid not knowing this, but it's like a French term, I think. But that is really helpful to do too. That is everything that I have for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed the life update too. Stay tuned for that vlog if you guys want to check it out. But I'm so thankful for you guys. Thank you all for submitting some podcast submissions. I'm excited to get back into the podcast. I know I feel like I've been all over the place lately, but we're getting back into it. We're getting organized this week and I'm so thankful you're here. So if you enjoyed, feel free to tag me in a story. Like always, I always respond to those and love to see how you guys are listening. It really makes my day. And also, if you enjoy, you can write a review. That always helps the podcast. But I'm so thankful for you guys. You guys just listening means the world to me. So I hope you guys are doing well and I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends. (music) 